Some of you didn't know that God could do anything in California, did you? <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, in a completely different note, uh, we, we've, we actually just had a family join us from California uh, who's just an awesome family. They were here during the first service today and just uh, amazing to see God working in different ways and just, uh, just man, such a, such a great time in the body of this church. I hope that you guys are seeing some of these things. I know, I, know I, I get to be privileged to kind of know about things sometimes. Maybe everybody else doesn't, but uh, um, be here. Worship here. If this is your home church, don't, don't miss out. Uh, I'm, it's like every week I'm amazed at uh, <clears throat> the different things that God is doing. And uh, just uh, just don't miss what he's doing, I guess is my, my big thing. I'm not interested in church attendance. I'm just interested in just, you know, us as a body, like not missing out what Jesus is doing, what God is doing in the lives of people. Um, so uh, pretty awesome stuff. Uh, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and get it because uh, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and jump into this because we've got somebody else going to share a little bit later at the end of the service too today. Um, that stuff going on with them. If you need a Bible, uh, throw your hand up and let our ushers get you one. They will bring you one. We're going to the book of Luke uh, and uh, would love for you to be able to uh, follow along with what we're doing today. Uh, but Luke chapter 2. And uh, today we are talking about the shepherds. And, uh, you know, you may, you may think that you kind of have a, 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 you know, a good grip on the, the Christmas story. Um, and, and so the, the point of what we're doing here with the series that we started a couple weeks ago and we have a couple weeks to go uh, is to uh, look at different perspectives of uh, the people uh, from the people that were there in the moment as a part of the Christmas story. What were their Christmas stories? And so, uh, and, and, and how does that play out for us? What does that mean to us today? And so uh, today we're talking about the shepherds and I think I think interesting to know you know about the shepherds. A couple of things. Um, these were guys that were you know pretty roughneck you know type dudes. That probably you know and, and yes I'm stereotyping, but we're, we're going to run with it. Um, you know, but they they generally you know were not you know some people might say well that was probably a job for people that were lazy and just wanted to watch some sheep all day or something. Uh, and and that is not the case at all. I don't know if you've ever worked on a farm or not. Uh, but farming in general is really hard most of the time. Uh, there are always things going on. It's never anything uh, that you're planning. Uh, I worked. I did farm work for about three years, and when I was in high school, uh, and uh, you know that's how I afforded to, to play hot rod. Uh, and uh, you know the the whole thing with farming is like from moment to moment, you just don't know what's coming. I remember you know days we were like chasing cows uh, in the middle of Jolton. Like from White's Creek, somehow cows had gotten to SunTrust Bank. I, I don't know how that happened, but but it's the truth. And here we are out there, and we're like, well, I mean, you know, we know how to get them back in the pen. When they're by the pen, how do we get them down to the other city? I don't want to call them cities, towns, you know. But, uh, you know, so, yeah, just, just crazy stuff. But, you know, being a farmer is, is hard work, and you couple you couple the type of farm work that somebody like a shepherd would have to do in keeping up with a flock. I mean, they're not just counting sheep, which is definitely part of it, but they're, but they're also, you know, having to, you know, be somebody that is constantly ready to jump at danger. 
And so, and not run away from danger, but jump to it to deal with it. So let's say wolves that are coming after the sheep, or let's say uh, even thieves or whoever, you know, to have to deal with these people. So, so basically you kind of, you know, shepherds are kind of like a mix between a farmer and a bouncer at a club, you know? And, and so, you know, kind of, kind of get that in your mind and, and, and understand that that's, they know what they're signing up for. This is the kind of people that they are. And I think that that's an important part to play in understanding the story. I think that's an important part to play. I think, first of all, one one piece that I think is huge for us, I think is that God chose to reveal himself to them. And and we'll see that in this passage that we're going to read. But I think that that it's good for us to see. I think it's, you know, he he reveals himself to different people. And we have these different accounts of different people, wise men, the shepherds, you know, and all this. These different types of people that God reveals himself to. They're not, you know, the royal guard or, you know, some crazy something like that. They're average, ordinary, roughneck, you know, like our deacons here at 24, you know, kind of, kind of guys, you know? And so, uh, I mean that in the best of ways. And, uh, but you know, it's, 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 it's that, it's that kind of a, that kind of a mindset. So, you know, and I think that it's awesome that God would reveal himself to them. And I want us to read about the account of how God goes about doing that. And so Luke chapter two, uh, verse eight, let's just read in here. And it says this, it says, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Great fear. So here we have the beginning of this, God revealing of what's going to be happening, the beginning of him revealing what's going to be happening, and their immediate response is great fear. Well, I think we've got to take into effect. It says, verse 9, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. So this is, you know, just kind of keep in mind, if we're shepherds, if we're we're the shepherds, okay, in this account, if we're the shepherds, and we're out in the field, and we're watching over our sheep, and we're kind of expecting the wolf thing, and you know we're you know whatever like you know uh, checking out each other's canes or whatever hooks or whatever you know and 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 so we're waiting, basically waiting for things to happen, but then something different happens on this night. An angel shows up, and not only an angel, but the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now let, let's just let's just think about this for just a minute. What do we know about the history of the glory of the Lord showing up in situations? If you go back historically through Scripture and you see other moments where the glory of the Lord shows up, people are like dying, losing their sight. They have to hide. You know, God has to like cover them up for the glory to go by them. I mean, I mean, this is this is this is a crazy moment for these guys. Like they're getting they're getting to see and be a part of something. We have no clue what that looked like. I mean, like, it's, it's insane on a level that we can just only imagine movies could come up with. So here they are in the middle of the field, and an angel of the Lord appears to them. Okay, so I'm sure, I'm sure that's freaky enough as it is. I mean, you know, just in the middle of the night, 
you know? And I mean, they haven't even seen any horror movies, you know? They just only have to go on like what is happening in the moment. An angel of the Lord shows up and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And their response is they were filled with great fear. Guys that were probably generally not afraid of moments with let's tackle these animals that are going to try to kill our sheep and that kind of thing. Here they are afraid. And in verse 10 it goes on, it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So the angel basically says, chill out, don't, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, the Lord has come. The Lord has come. Now again, think about you know, the, the hugeness, the bigness of what, what is being said, what he is sharing, what this angel is sharing with them, okay, is this amazing thing that they have been waiting, people have been waiting for, they have heard that the Lord will come, the Lord will come, you know, the Messiah is going to come, There's, you know, and, and, here, and here it is, in the, middle, in the middle of the night, and I'm sure at this point, with everything going on and the glory of the Lord showing you know, around them, I'm pretty sure that they're going to buy whatever this angel's going to tell them at this point. You know? And it goes on, it says, For unto you, verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. In other words, the angel is telling them where Jesus is. The city of David would be Bethlehem. Christ the Lord is there. And in verse 12, and this will be a sign for you, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. You will find, the angel, the angel is telling them where the baby is, the angel is telling them what the baby is wearing, the angel is telling them exactly where to find the baby, because the angel is saying, you should go, you should go. It says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So now we've gone, okay, now we've gone from an angel, one angel, glory to the Lord, the announcement, here's where Jesus is, here's what Jesus is wearing, Here's how to find him. And now, kaboom, we've got the multitude of the heavenly host. A multitude of the heavenly host. You're like, Chris, I don't even know what that means. What, what is that? You know, here, here's, here's what it is. It is a multitude of angels that have come to the scene. And they have decided to just randomly in the middle of the night with the shepherds and the sheep and the whole bit after we have scared them to death and then told them about Jesus coming, we are not just going to peace out like that. We are now going to have a worship service with angels and the glory of the Lord. And so this is like something that we couldn't even, our, our imaginations aren't even good enough to come up with something like this. I mean, it is on a level like, I mean, I, I think to myself, like, wouldn't it be cool if like, you know, 
All of my favorite rock star personalities like came to Jesus and then they formed some huge rock band super worship group band, you know? Like let's get all those people on stage and you got, you know, all in, you know, pick your flavor, you know, like how awesome would that be? That that doesn't even touch this. Like that doesn't even come close to this. This is something so amazing, so ridiculously awesome that these shepherds have got to be in awe of what God is doing right now. I mean, they have to be in awe. And, it's, and it says that, they, that, they, that they're saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. They are praising God. They are praising God. They are glorifying God for what he's done. I think this is, I think it's crazy to think that like this was such a big deal that these angels, you know, and I'm sure God sent them, but these angels leave heaven to come to earth to do this amazing thing in this moment in time to glorify the Lord. I mean, this is this is so huge. And, and, and again, we, we, take, we take these accounts, like we, you know, we know the Christmas story. We got, got nativity down, got nativity in the front yard from the 70s. It's all plastic and lit up, and the paint's half coming off of it. Can't tell if that's really Jesus or what that is in the thing in the middle. And I mean, you know, I mean, we, we kind of have, have that, you know, we kind of have this like, you know, we've made up, you know, along the way all these things that kind of we take into the picture of what this looks like. And I think sometimes that affects us really paying attention to the truth of what we have in God's Word when it comes to the Christmas story. And I, th- I, think, that's, I think it's good for us to take these moments. You know, I, I know for one, when I was a kid, you know, we had the manger and, you know, and had all that, the little toys and stuff. We set it up. My parents still got this thing. And in the box, if we went to their house right now, and in the box, we pulled it out. We got like a broken camel, and we got a, you know, a baby Jesus and a shepherd. Maybe a couple shepherds think we're missing one or something. And then somehow, somewhere when I was a kid, there uh, had like a little glass frog that ended up, like we ended up putting that in there. So like our manger thing's got a frog in it. It's like the same size as the donkey, so it's not even like scale, you know? But I think in a way, I think in a way that's what we do with the Christmas story sometimes. And what we do sometimes with scripture in general, like we think we've heard this so many times, we don't really need to read this. Like really anything that I'm going to catch that I haven't caught before, I want you to check this out in verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they are going, and, and I, I seriously doubt that they're going, well, I mean, I guess we could ride over there and say, I don't know if I really expect to find the Lord. Though. I think, I'm thinking at this point, after everything that's happened to them, the angel, the multitude of heavenly hosts, the glory of the Lord, all in the middle of the night or whatever's going on. It could have been in the middle of the day and it wouldn't matter, to be honest with you. Uh, and, and all of that, just for us to, for them to suddenly go, oh, maybe, maybe. No, I think they're pretty sure we're going to go see the Lord. They have a hope 
They have a hope in this moment in Jesus. They are going to go and see Christ the King. And so they go with hope. And in verse 16, it goes on, it says, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. So they began to they began to tell everything that had just happened to them. Like you guys are not going to believe this. This is how we knew to come here. We got the map. We got told what he's wearing. We got told the whole thing. And so we came straight here. And here's the response. Okay. And the response, verse 18. And all who heard it wondered what the shepherds told them. And all who, all who, you see that. And all, who, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. In other words, the people that are there, that are standing around, first of all, they're, they're kind of going, what? Like, are you for real? Like, like, the story that they're hearing about all this heavenly host, glory to the Lord, all this stuff. They're like, what? This is crazy. Like, they're wondering, and it, and it goes, but I, th- I think it's important. It says, and all who heard it. Who all who heard it? My, my nativity set doesn't have more than three adult, you know, three uh, people in it, three human beings, two adults, and a baby Jesus. We've got Joseph and Mary and a baby Jesus. Who else is there? Who else is there? We don't know. We don't know who else is there. It doesn't tell us. It's not that important, but there's this little, there's this little, and here again, if we're not careful, we, we miss little truths in Scripture sometimes because we assume that we got the thing down and we don't, you know, and here's, and here's just this little nugget in there that leads us to believe there's more than Mary and Joseph there, especially when you take into effect verse 19, because it says that they, that all who heard it wondered, but in verse 19, it says, but Mary, so she's doing something different, but, but Mary treasured up all these things. And so we've got this little insight here. There's probably more people here than what we even realize. And I mean, you know, so we, here's what we've got. We've got some accounts of what God has done, but we don't have all the accounts of everything that God was doing. We've got some of them. I mean, just like, just like God's working in your life, maybe he's led you to do something, he's leading you to do something. You could testify, just like Melissa did just a few minutes ago, of how great God is and what he can do uh, for us and all that kind of stuff. You know, we don't have every account of everything going on with God. We just have what was important for us to know. But this cool little piece of there's probably more people there than what we would probably normally think. And, 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 and how's God drawing them? We don't know. We don't know all those stories. We don't know the dreams that they may have had. We don't know the star that they followed as much as the ones that the wise men followed or whatever it is. I mean, we, we don't know. But it goes on in verse 19, it says, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Why? Here's why. Because Mary is a mama. And I don't know if you've been around a mama when you get to talking about their kids. But, I mean, you just just get ready. I mean, it can go one of two ways. It could be good or it could be bad. You start talking bad about your kids, then you have what's called mama bear you know any of you have ever met mama bear you don't ever want to meet her again right 
Like we, we know. We know, and, and, and then there's the other, it's the opposite end of the spectrum, and that's when, that's when you're talking about, that's when you're talking about their kids, about how great their kids are, and those moms are just like, I know, I know how great they are. You know, have you ever seen a mama on senior night at a sports event? Senior night mama, oh my gosh, you bet just get ready. It is a cry fest. They, they get out there, present them with a ball, or present them with the pictures, and the, you know, and here's the things they've accomplished. And those mamas over there, like we're like ugly, ugly mess, but like we're so proud and all that. Here's Mary, okay, the mother of baby Jesus. And in this moment, they're sharing all of this that happened before they even got there. And she is treasuring up all things, pondering them in her heart, as a good mama would. And in verse 20, it goes on, it says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. I see, I see something in this story that I don't, don't remember anybody ever teaching me about or anything, but, but it's, it's just there. I mean, it's just right there for us. First of all, we see God reveal himself to the shepherds. He reveals himself. And in fact, this is, this is in line with what we understand about what it means to follow Christ, to believe in him, to trust in him. Uh, that happens after God reveals himself to us. God revealed himself to the shepherds, and their response is they believed. I mean, how could you not? After what they went through, like getting to see all of what was going on, how would they not believe? They'd be crazy not to believe. And so we see the shepherds, their response in the revealing of God to these guys is that they would believe. But then, not only do they believe, they, they, get, to, they get to physically go and see the Lord. I mean, you see see how big of a statement that is? They get to personally go and see the Lord. And so, undoubtedly, they are completely changed by him from meeting him, from knowing him, even as a baby. Their lives will always be different. So, first thing, we see God reveal himself to them. But then we see the response be that they believe and that they would know him, okay? And then their response from from all of this happening, from God revealing himself, them believing, them knowing, and meeting him, is that their response is that they go away and they tell everybody. The mission is still the same. The mission for us is still the same. God reveals himself to us. We come to know the Lord. And our response is that we go out and we tell others about who Christ is and what he's done. What Melissa shared today. I guarantee you, you will not get her to talk about what has happened in her life without her explaining as a part of it that it is God that has done this in her life. And she's going to tell you that to the day is long. I can just tell you. 
And that's when God is glorified. He is glorified when we tell those stories. And unfortunately for so many of us, we, we set on those stories. Maybe, God, maybe God's done something in your life and you've never gotten to tell the story. By the way, if you ever want to tell the story, please just come and find me. Come find me. We'll shoot a video with you. you don't, maybe you don't want to stand in front of everybody. That's fine. We'll shoot a video with you. Jerry can do that. He'll make you look good. It'll be fine. And, and let God be glorified for what he's done in your life. The range of emotions that the shepherds go through here are pretty amazing. <laughs> they're, they're scared to death. <laughs> then they're in awe of what's going on. Then they find themselves having hope in something that just a few minutes before, if you had just walked up to them in the middle of the night, me or you, and said, hey, you should go and see, I think the Lord has come, they'd probably be like, huh, okay, go get out of here. We're taking care of the sheep. Uh, you know. And then they go from having awe to having hope, and from hope to thankfulness of what God has done in sending his son. They had a yearning. They had a yearning. I mean, once, once they had encountered God through the angels, through the heavenly host, through His glory, they had a yearning to see Jesus. What's that yearning look like in our lives today? What's that yearning look like in our lives today? For what God has done for us, He did for them. Yeah, we didn't. We may have not gotten the fireworks display that they did. But the truth is, is that we have gotten to meet the same Lord and Savior. And in fact, I think, I think it's interesting, um, and, and not by accident, by the way. I don't think it's by accident. That we have the account of the shepherds specifically, because I think that part of that plays into this other this other understanding that Jesus, the baby, who they would go and see wrapped in those cloths, would become who we would know as the good shepherd. So the shepherds, just the regular everyday average Joe shepherds, who God chose to come and see when the Lord had come, would come to worship the good shepherd. I, want, I, want, I feel like we should read this. John chapter 10. John chapter 10 is Jesus talking about being the good shepherd. It says this in John 10, in verse 7. It said, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. That is amazing. In verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life. For, for the sheep. He who is a hired hand is not a shepherd who does not own sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. 
I know my own, and my own know me. Folks, let, let me help you understand something. God wants to have a relationship with us. Through what Jesus has done, God wants to have a relationship with us. This is Jesus, the Son of God, Lord Himself, saying, I am the good shepherd. Verse 14, I know my own and my own know me. So here's here's, here's here's something to throw at you today. The, the, probably the biggest question you're going to ask in your life is this. Not, did you go to church a bunch? Not, were you a real good person? Not, what accomplishments have you had? But do you know Jesus? Not, do you know about him? Let me, let me make clear. Even Satan knows about Jesus. He knows about him. Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? This is completely different. This is a completely different uh, approach of, of, I think, the truth of what we see in Scripture, of how you can treat your Christianity, if you will. This is different. This is a relationship. This is a knowing him. Do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with Jesus today? Verse 15, it says, Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for, my, for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay, because lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. So Jesus begins to explain, I am going to give up my life for my sheep. He's, he's, he, is, he is laying it out. And, and, and in moments like this, with whoever's listening and hearing Jesus say this, I'm constantly wondering, are they, are they even coming close to piecing this thing together? Are they even realizing what Jesus is saying to them in this moment, that he is predicting exactly what's going to happen and how it's going to happen, and that he is willingly, on his own accord, going to give up his life, and then, and I love this, I love this like better than anything else I've heard today, and that he is going to take it up again. You you see what he's saying? He's going to take up life again after he is dead, after he lets us kill him on the cross. He is saying, by my own accord, I am going to take up life again like you and I would talk about like, well, I'm thinking about taking up golf again. And he's like, I'm going to take up life again. He says, I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father, the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd. And so even there, Jesus Jesus is teaching us what shepherds are like. Teaching us the kinds of people they are that, you know, that they're, they're going to you know, risk their own lives to save their sheep. But of course, Jesus is not talking about animals. 
in this situation. He is talking about us. The shepherd's response is they go and find him. God reveals himself, they go find him. They put their hope in Jesus. And maybe a big question for you to ask today, maybe the biggest is, what is your hope in? What's your hope in in this world? Is it in some sort of stability, earthly stability, money, retirement plans? We got enough in the bank that, you know, we've done this, things are looking good ahead of, the, ahead of here, and, you know, yeah, well, that's, 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 you know, it's fine to plan, fine and great and awesome if God blesses you with, you know, money and all those things, and I pray that uh, you be faithful to let the Lord lead you what to do with it. Don't just think that it is for you to have a retirement plan, because if you do, I I'd venture to say God will teach you otherwise at some point in your life. If our hope is only in here, how is it possibly in Jesus? Our hope can't be in these things. It's okay to enjoy them, okay to have them. All that, we just have to watch ourselves. We just have to, to gauge those things constantly in our life. Is it in the happiness of a job? Is it in the happiness of relationships? It, 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 because if, if all of our hope is put into those things, we leave little, no room to actually be putting our hope in Christ and who He is, that at any given moment that He may just decide to reveal Himself to one of us with angels and a heavenly host and just do some crazy stuff to reveal Himself to us. And if He does, will our hope be in Him to follow Him? Will we put our hope in Him to follow and let Him lead us? Who is our shepherd? Who is our shepherd? And you may say, well, Chris, I'm, you know, <laughs> things like that, I start to get afraid. I start, I'm, you know, I've I got to have some stability in my life. Start, I, start having, I start struggling with fear. Well, guess what? Our bouncer farmers had fear too. And God reminded them of who he was. And folks, he is still the same God. He is still capable of doing anything he wants to do, anytime he wants to do it. And it doesn't matter what our bank accounts look like. It doesn't matter what our jobs look like. It doesn't matter if the people around us are treating us the way that we think that they should or not. He never changes. In fact, he gives us this in Mark 5.36. He says, do not fear, only believe. Do not fear, only believe. Do not fear, only believe. <laughs> I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. That's our Savior. That's our Jesus. And let me say this, if you're here today and you've never trusted or believed in Christ to be your Savior, I'm here today to tell you that He loves you. And He wants you to know Him. 
You may say, well, Chris, I've got all this stuff I've done in my life. There's no way God would love me because I've been a terrible person. Well, I'm here to tell you, the most amazing thing happened, and the whole reason that this whole story exists is because God loved us so much that not only did he give his son that we might have eternal life, but he gave his perfect son who was without sin. You see, this is, an, this is an important piece of the puzzle for us to understand why Jesus had to be the one. Jesus had to be the one because he's the only perfect one who would be without sin to be the perfect sacrifice that when we would kill him on the cross and his, his blood would be shed, that it would be exactly what was needed to forgive us of our sin. That may sound crazy, but I'm telling you, that's why it's about Jesus. I've got a friend of mine who's an atheist. We have this ongoing conversation. It's a, we have, we're, we're close friends. And we have this honest, constant conversation going on about what it looks like uh, to believe in all this. And one, of the, one of the things he recently said to me, and I don't think you mind me sharing, I could probably even tell, you, tell you who he was, but I won't. Uh, and he said to me, he said, Chris, he said, you know, here's, here's one of the things. He said, it seems like everything with Christians is all about Jesus. I said, well, I'm glad to hear you say that. I was like, because you could say a lot of other things about Christians that are probably also true. He said, yeah, what's the deal with Jesus? Like, I mean, I understand, you know, he's God's son, he died on the cross. I said, well, that's just it. You just, you just in like five words just nailed down like so so hugely important to us, the doctrine of our faith, that we understand that he did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He stood in between us and the judge, and he said, give me their penalty. I'll take their death, because he's the only one that could say the words, I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. Because death couldn't keep him, and he would take life back up again when he was good and ready and in the process defeat death on our behalf that we might have eternal life. Folks, that is absolutely amazing. And it is available to anyone who would believe. If the Lord is speaking to your heart, I am begging you listen to him today. I'm begging you, don't even walk out here and just go, well, I'm going to keep praying about everything. No, talk to somebody. I'll, I'll be down here. Others be down here after service, whatever. We'll wait all day. I don't care. And, and just talk to somebody. Let somebody pray with you about that. Help them answer, help, let them help you answer some questions, whatever it is. God is in the business of changing lives and saving people. That's what he wants to do today. And that's what he wants to do for you. You afraid? Good. It usually starts there. But if you can go from being afraid to having hope, from fear to hope is a big jump, but when you make that jump and then you're adding in God's revealing himself to you and you believing in him, everything changes. God wants you to know him. Do not fear, only believe. Let's pray. God, you are absolutely amazing. How you piece together the puzzle of the gospel for us is absolutely amazing to me. God, thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for loving us despite who we are in our sin 
and all those things. God, I pray that we as your people, that we would trust in you. That not only would we believe, but God, that we would allow our hope to drive us to go and tell. May others know who you are because of what you've done in our life and our response be that of the shepherds that we would go and tell. God, for anyone that hasn't trusted in you today, God, I pray that today would be the day. Lord, that you would do that work in their life. Thank you for taking life back up after you allowed us to take you down. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen.